Hello. Hello. Good afternoon, Dan. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Pretty good. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty, pretty, (laughs) pretty good. Making mouth noises. What's going on up there in in uh, San Francisco? Way, way up here? Yeah. Oh, what is going on? It has is it been cold. Is it? Is it got no. colder here all of a sudden. See, this is the thing. It's uh, it's very very warm. It was uh, even in our neighborhood. It was in the eighties yesterday, and at where Jason Snell lives, I think it was in the nineties. <laughs> this is our warm time of year. Crazy. Oh, it's fascinating to people. The weather is yeah you know what it's nice but the thing is then you sleep with the windows open and tuesday's trash day Um. tuesday's trash day so at 5 a.m are very you know i have so much respect for the waste management business don't get me wrong my father was a waste manager no he actually wasn't but uh (laughs) tremendous respect but you know 508 508 a.m is the is the time 508 a.m. is the time when they start very luxuriously mm. having the robot arms empty the trash and the recycling and the compost. Tunk, 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 tunk. I mean, there are some people listening, and, and not me, but there are mm. some people listening who I would think, well, that serves you right for having all that compost out there. We, uh, compost has changed our game, Dan. That's what you did. So you seem sad. Have I said that? You have. Which, which one am I? You're the tall one. Hmm. Oh, you're so sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. I think we're more like hobbits, you and me. I, you, I, you, mm-hmm. I, <laughs> Carumba. Hobbits because we like eating, eating second breakfast or what? Second breakfast. We like being at home. Yeah, we can disappear with magic. Yeah, uh, pipes. And uh, I appreciate you saying that. No, no, the compost is—it's a game changer, man. Ooh, game changer. So now I, you know, if I can compost it, I try to compost it. If I can't compost it, I try to recycle it. If I can't recycle it, I put it in the, in the, in the, in the trash, mm-hmm. in, into, the, into the refuse. And I'll tell you, man, when I roll that out every Monday night, don't be creepy. When I roll out that compost every Monday night, mm-hmm. woo. I mean, it's gotta be, it's gotta be at least 50, 60 pounds, usually more. Yeah. And we take it out every day, like a gentleman. Yeah. Do you have compost there? No. Mm-hmm. No. I wouldn't, yeah, I, I mean, if people here in Austin, I'm sure, are doing compost, but there is no pickup service for it. There's no one to take it away. It's sort of the same way, like, if you wanted to, like, burn trash in your backyard, you could do that. You can also do compost in your backyard, but there's not, there's not a, it's not like a sanctioned thing. Well, do you have, like, white items day? Like, sure. where every N weeks or months... Like, it's like, okay, if you want to put your washer and dryer on the street, like we will pick it up. Yeah. Like if you've got the giant garbage. Yeah. We, we know it's, it doesn't have to be like a, I don't think they call it a white. I know what you're talking about. Cause I've been lived in places where they have that, but yeah, we have like a large item trash day where you can put, did I just make up that term white items? I like it. Uh, I know mm-hmm. what you're talking about, but, but it's like the big stuff, the big stuff that they have to, you know, come and do a special pickup for. I think we got that like twice a year. Yeah, with that, like the super train uh, crane arm comes and picks it up. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Puts it into could, the sluice. <laughs> I suppose you could put your compost bins down there and 
Well, I was just going to say that I think similarly, I mean, you know, it's weird. I think our, God, this is fascinating stuff. I think our, uh, our, our trash service writ large is outsourced to a company that does, at least in our area, and I think in the whole city, I want to say Sunset Scavenger, which is an awesome name. And, uh, and I, I mean, I know you can like make, a, make an appointment to get big stuff picked up. But you know, the, the truth is like, you know, recycling, you hear things about recycling. You hear things. Like with recycling, you hear things. You hear that mm, it's an awful lot of effort, and like it's it's one of those classic environmental problem things. And I'm talking out of my depth, like I do. But you know, there's that thing of going, "Hey, you know what? Don't throw a bunch of flaming plastic in the forest." That's a good piece of advice. Yeah. And then at the other end of the continuum, you've got like, "Well, do we really want to pay people to sort tiny pieces of plastic and then figure out whether or not it's recyclable?" Because turns out. A huge amount of recycling actually just goes to the dump because the market is not there for certain items at certain times. Yes. But compost is a no-brainer. I think about, I don't know, do you make drip coffee at your house? Not anymore, but for many years we did. We make drip coffee and like in my life, in my household and office life, there are usually at least three or four one-hitters of coffee a day. You think about what wet coffee weighs, right? Like that right there. That's stuff that doesn't have to go to the dump. And I think that's a good thing. It's just a question of whether you have the infrastructure in place to take care of it. Well, you know, and you got to think, which weighs more, a pound of wet coffee or a pound of dry coffee, you know? See, my daughter tried to get me on that one. <laughs> fool me, fool me once, pound of iron. <laughs> fool me twice, pound of feathers. Feathers, yeah. George W. Bush said that. <laughs> Can't fool me. Hmm. I always, I felt when I found out, I worked at a company once back in the, it's probably late nineties, early two thousands. And they had multicolored trash bins that they would put under your desk. And one was uh, black for your regular trash. And one was blue and had a recycle logo on it. And you were supposed to put the paper into the blue one and the regular trash into the black one. And <laughs> it was eventually revealed that they both went to the same place and yes. that uh, the, the company in their wisdom had decided that this was this was just to make people feel better about themselves and like they were doing their part in recycling. I have so <laughs> wondered that. Okay, so here to that point, and I'm not I don't want to sound counter revolutionary here. I know. Uh, but uh, but I, I do think it's as liberals like to say, interesting Problematic. I think it's interesting that you go to different places and there's different bins. First of all, there's the guilty bin, which says <laughs> landfill, because you're you're killing the environment when you put your cup in there that you just bought at this place. Uh, you know, same kind of thinking that goes into, hey, you know, napkins are made of trees. Yeah, but you know what? After they're made of trees, they're made of money you spend, and there's a benefit to you not giving out lots of them. Please, sickens me. But like, why is it sometimes you got one? This one's for paper. And this one's for bottles and this one's for cans. And then the funny part is at the airport, they've done away with this. Where like you go to the airport now and it'll frequently there'll be a sign on the trash that says um, something like recycling processed offsite. I'm like, yeah, I'll bet. <laughs> right. Sure it is. Okay, Eustace, we got a new, we got some new uh, landfill to go through and make sure we're saving the environment. Now, let me ask you, Roscoe. Is this one a recycling four or a compost in two? <laughs> well, let's go to the electron microscope and check it out. I don't know. 
you know, I, it's funny. It's funny because because I, I hate to admit it, but I, I think what you're describing is very correct. I think there are certain kinds of things, and there's just there's always so many like infinite levels to these kinds of things. Whether that's should you give money to homeless people, like should you do recycling, like okay, well, you know what, the recycling thing is good because in the same way that every diet works the same way because it makes you think about food more. That's what a, a diet at the most basic level is. Now you're thinking about food, okay. and it could be a squirrely, deadly diet. It could be a very healthy diet, but it's very boring to tell people. It's a squirrely, deadly diet. Could you capture that, please? I'm going to. But, you know, here's the thing. Here's the diet that will almost always work. Are you ready for this? Uh-huh. Ready for this? But are you ready for this, Oprah? Try to eat a little less and move a little more. That's a pretty good, that's a pretty good diet. Like, if you're thinking about eating something with lots of sugar and bread, maybe instead have something with protein in it. And maybe walk more than not walk. There's your diet. So, I mean, the thing is, though, when you get into one of those diets, as we talked about ad nauseum for the last 17 years, like the nice thing about any diet is it makes you go, oh, yeah, I'm thinking about what I put in my body. And I think in that same way, it's probably, it's probably very, very valuable as a kind of meta life hack to get people to thinking about, oh, well, you know, how, how do I think about the environment? How do I think right. about the things that I throw away? Um, you know, but when you get to this, uh, we shouldn't get into it. I, I actually would like to talk about it sometime after I've learned more about it. But I'm fascinated by this idea of like, you know, it's easy to to look at terrible people like me who have their paper towels delivered from Nevada on a truck. Yeah, I know that's not good. Um, but the other thing is like how much, you know, how much energy can be reclaimed from this plastic bottle by smashing it a little smaller and putting it on a truck to go somewhere. This is why we need Supertrain. Supertrain is going to take care of a lot of this. Well, I mean, we, we can hope, and, but that's far this in the future. You know, John will come like a thief in the night. Phrasing, um, I don't know. It's good to think, you know, thinking differently is a good thing. And I think it has helped a lot. You look at stuff that starts out as such a horrible annoyance, like the, um, and starting in, I want to say maybe, gosh, probably 2010 at this point, they passed, passed a law in San Francisco that for, they do a lot of separating between like small businesses, large businesses. There's certain kinds of rules, whether that's labor laws or different environmental laws that apply to very small companies, restaurants, stores versus like chains. So one of the things they said was, hey, look, Walgreens, you can't have plastic bags anymore. You can't like, you know, uh, McDonald's or whatever. You can't right. have styrofoam anymore. Right, right. Did, and I think we talked about this once, so I apologize if I'm asking yeah. this again, but in, in San Francisco, do you have the limit on which stores and which kinds of stores can give you a bag or not? Like if you walked into a grocery store, uh, would they give you a bag? And if you went to a, a Target, would you get a bag for the things that you just bought? That's, that's, a, that's a very good question. First of all, the nature of bags has changed. I mean, now there are bags that look like plastic bags that may not be as plasticky as plastic. Plastic bags are basically the worst thing ever. You know, I mean, you know, you get that, it costs like a, like a penny to make or whatever. You use some oil in that and then that goes and it just clogs up a drain or a landfill for right. however many years. No, the way it works here, I think, and it's so hard to tell because there's so many of these things people just ignore. But for example, there is a bag fee. If you want a bag at any store in San Francisco, they are supposed to charge you a quarter. Um, right. And so they'll ask you, you know, if you want a bag and they say, you know, we have to charge you for that. You right. Say, okay. It's the same, same thing here. I think it's 15 cents here, but right. Yeah. If you're, if you're not, if it's not, doesn't involve like a food purchase at I a think grocery with, store. I think food is exempted. Like right. if you're getting takeout food, um, it's, it's a, it's a different kind of deal, but you know, it's, I don't know. These, these issues are so interesting to me because they are really important 
ethical, moral, philosophical issues, but it's also, it's also, we're always looking for the sty in the other guy's eye. That was a lot of rhyming in one sentence. We're always looking for the other people who are doing it wrong. I was like, oh, I bring my cloth bags to Whole Foods. Yeah, but like you're, you're still, you're eating fruit that came from South America. Like how does that balance out? Like people don't want to talk about that so much and talking about it does become kind of tiresome. But you know, I, I, this is just like, like so much in life and work and productivity. I think the fact is that becoming aware of something you can be better at is a great start. Uh, having a system that encourages better rather than worse behavior, not a bad idea. But if nothing else, if you just make little small changes, I think that has, I have to hope anyway, that that has an accumulative, cumulative effect over time. I don't know. I don't, I, well, small changes is a really good way to describe it because that's something that when you think about the way we, and, and expand that out for a second, that is a, like a concept. If you think about small changes, if, if everyone is doing something small, that amounts to something big. Or if you do something small over and over again every day, you wind up making a big change. Oh, gosh, yes. That's a great topic, actually. I love that topic. Yeah, this is, this is a great evergreen topic. I, I think it's true. And I think it's, it's interesting to look at the first start with the resistance that keeps us from wanting to make any change, which is either some flavor often of uh, my life is different and complicated compared to other people that would be too difficult for me or inconvenient for me. Uh, it could be that what, if I do this, it won't make a difference and, and maybe it won't make a difference. But I'm trying to think of, uh, I had an example a second ago. Think about like, um, I mean, for example, I, now that I have, fitness tracking in my life for the past few years. Um, and I, you know, and admittedly I do, I do walk a lot and that's kind of a, a thing for me is I like, I like being able to walk places. Um, I like having things be accessible. I like things that are part of my normal day to day life. If it's something that requires getting in a car to go somewhere and spend money, I will to the extent possible minimize that. Um, and I would rather do it on foot, but you know what, honestly having a fitness tracker and making that a little bit of a video game has had a salutary effect. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I mean, I, I'm definitely at that stage where I don't obsess over the rings on my watch. Right. But at the same time, there's two of those rings I hit almost every day. And I like that. I like it when I hit that and I feel like, okay, I've, I've been okay today. Um, and the thing is that that's not the result of saying, I'm going to change my life and get in shape. It's, it's not quite the opposite of that, but it's something much different of saying like, well, instead, like, I'm just going to have fun with this nerdy device and try to incorporate it into my life in a way that is not invasive right. and not inconvenient and not expensive. And I think those kinds of changes, and I'm, well, I'm sure when, in the time we talk about this, we'll come up with half a dozen others, but, but you have to get past that, that initial resistance of rejecting something for whatever reason. There's a million reasons we reject those kinds of things. But if you can get past the idea of resisting this as something impossible because reasons, then I think it becomes important to have what I would call an infrastructure, something that helps support the habit you want to encourage and discourage the habit you want to get rid of. And, you know, the thing is, it, it's... We're so tied up in these ideas of American transformation and like, you know, things like, you know, New Year's resolutions. And even when we laugh at those, we still have these ideas that like, I'm going to get this magazine and become a bodybuilder or whatever. And instead, I think there's these little modest changes that you can do that can actually have a huge effect. Partly, and the huge part of it is like, yeah, you will see an improvement if you're li in your life if you get outside and walk a little more. But the other side of that is you also proved to yourself that you can do something you used to think was impossible. 
which is yeah. a, a very valuable thing. Well, part of what I think is the success and, and why so many people are interested in like the Apple Watch and other fitness trackers and things like that is because it it creates goals or achievements where you didn't it, it kind of thinks of them for you in maybe places that you didn't have them before, like in one of the more recent uh, Apple watch commercials it shows different people doing different things there's a woman on like a she's floating on a little tube out in the water and her watch goes off boom she dives in the water that's kind of fun but there was another part where it shows somebody swimming and as they're swimming that kind of zooms in on their watch really quick and it shows like there's they're getting an alert that says like a thousand meters like they have now crossed a thousand meter swim mark or whatever and i see people online tweeting a lot saying you know, kind of sharing their achievements. Like I've, I've, I'm going for running this many miles over the next three months or whatever it is. Right. And of course I think it's natural for people, especially people who have certain kind of fitness goals. Like, like I would like to lose X amount of pounds or I'd like to, you know, uh, bench press my weight or whatever these goals are that people have. But I think there's a, a lot of, and, and clearly um, if you've looked at the studies, like, there, there are fitness issues, health issues, weight issues. A lot of people have this. And anything that I think encourages people to pay more attention to something that's easy to ignore, you know, how many hours a day are you sitting? Well, you should, maybe you should stand. Are mm-hmm. you stressed out? Maybe you should take a minute to breathe. Are you walking? Maybe you should track that and see how far you could, maybe you could walk a little longer, whatever it is. It, it's, it kind of wakes you up to the potential to to do something, to know what it is you're doing and to see if that's a good thing or not. Maybe it's good, but maybe it's not. But you're also, you're, you're doing something um, that feels, you know, we, as we like to say on here, you know, we all like to think that we're smart and we know things and we think we know how <laughs> our life is and we think we know how it should be. But when you do a couple things that are related, when you see, I don't love that word goal, but when you, when you give yourself some kind of an arbitrary constraint or let's just call it a goal, mm-hmm. when you give yourself a goal and then have a way for it to be quantified without you participating in the quantification, interesting things start to happen. So I'm looking at a screen on my iPhone inside the Fitbit app. The Fitbit app, by the way, has really has come a long way. Um, I mean, one, one of the hugest things about the Fitbit that I like a lot, uh, as I mentioned before, I've got the Fitbit Charge HR, which is not surpassingly expensive. Um, and so one thing that I love that it does is it, it basically, it knows when you've slept. I'm not going to say it knows when you, well, what it does is basically, as my understanding, it, it watches, it monitors basically movement. And if it sees that you've been in this one place and it's been on your arm, and you haven't moved for this amount of time, there's a pretty good chance that you are asleep. So what that means is I don't have to go hit it right. when I go to bed anymore. So it, it so when I lay down, it doesn't know that I'm sleeping. When I wake up in the morning, it knows I have slept. Now when I start milling around, I don't have to turn it off. It automatically registers that now I'm moving around. I think it, I, I, my, my gut tells me it might also be because it knows when I've looked at the app. You know, I'm not sure, but it's smart about that. But here's the neat thing. So I'm in is the Fitbit uh, app on the iPhone. And you go into the sleep the sleep area. You see how many hours you slept. And so last night I slept seven hours and 17 minutes. Uh, I'm clicking on the settings here and you can set a sleep goal. This sounds dumb, right? Like, oh, I can't sleep, I'm busy. So you go and you hit sleep goals. My sleep goal is seven hours a night. 
it'd be nice if I slept for 10 hours a night, but seven hours a night, I think is a reasonable amount to say like that. If I, I can get seven hours of sleep a night, if I try, mm-hmm. and that's a, that's a reasonable metric. There will be days with more days with less, but I would like to get seven hours of sleep a night. And then separate from that goal, you identify if you choose to a target sleep schedule. So in my case, independent of that seven hours, I say, I would like to be going to bed at 1045 and I would like to be waking up at 650. Now I might get up earlier because like in today's case, I got to drop my kid off at school. I got to be up earlier than that. There are times when I, many, most nights when I stay up later than that, that doesn't change the fact that that's still my target. Even when you don't miss the target, you can still have the target. As long as you think it's still possible, that metric will still be there to tell you how you're doing. Right. I want to sleep seven hours a night. I want to get sleep at these times. Now, here's another crazy thing. You get a bedtime reminder. So if you choose to, you can identify a time, like which nights of the week and at what time you would like a warning to say, hey, time to start winding down and getting ready for bed. Now, the truth is I miss that a lot because I'm in do not disturb mode and I'm watching TV till one in the morning because I'm an idiot and I'm breaking my own goal. Right. But it's in there. And then now here's the cool thing. I can go in and one of the ways that this quantifies, so first of all, it shows you a bar chart of your last week of sleep, how often you hit your goals. You slide over and it shows you within the range, it's got the range, it's got like a little cross section to show the time you said you wanted to go to sleep. It's got a cross section to identify the time you said you wanted to go up. And then in a horizontal bar chart, it shows you how you did. Like how how often you were within the parameters that you identified. Now, Is that going to have a massive effect on how I sleep? Not necessarily, but it sure is a good way for me to go back and say, wow, how did I do? If I was really stressed out or I was having like a rough time, if I was drinking too much coffee in the afternoon, you know, you, you can go in and see the evidence. You did not, it did not depend on the unreliable narrator of you to put that information in. It's just pure data. It's just there. That's, that's, that's right. And so I, I find that really valuable. Um, and I find it. I don't know. I've reached a, I, with with some of this stuff. I've reached a kind of an interesting and comfortable point where, like, I weigh myself every day, whether I think I should or not. Not because I'm necessarily trying to lose weight. I'd like to stay at around 165 to 170. That's that's a weight I'm comfortable with. And uh, and if it's more than that, I don't sweat it because I'm looking for the moving average. If it's less than that, I'm like, oh, that's cool. I hope that's for good reasons. I hope I didn't lose a lung or something. But the, the, the point is that, that you gather the data points without obsessing over every one of them and seeing any one of them as success or failure. And as long as you're in the mindset of thinking that the change is always right around the corner, instead of seeing it as this very, very long game, I mean, look at you and what you've been going through with your health and fitness. Right. It takes a long time and it takes a certain sort of relaxed, a relaxed attitude about how well you'll meet your goals as well as just a little bit of useful agitation about what you're doing to keep moving toward those goals. And I, I think those kinds of small changes, it's not going to require a giant change. But if you're feeling uncomfortable and your pants don't fit anymore, you can go back and see patterns. Like, did you, were you walking? Were you weighing yourself? Were you, you know, thinking about these things? Whatever your goal is, you now have metrics to show how well you're doing it. And you, you can lie to yourself about it, but the metrics tell the story. I think one of the things that that the Apple Watch does that I think is really interesting for people in really in now, but in over the next few years is that all of this data is being stored, but it's being stored essentially forever. Not just right now, not just the past, but like you're gathering all of that so that you can see 
if you've made changes, you can you can see, for example, like, oh, six months ago, my heart rate used to be this. Now it's this. I was just reading an article. I'm going to dig that up. I think it was Mac Rumors or 9 to 5 Mac. Okay, here it is. It's uh, Mac Rumors. They're saying Aetna is going to provide the Apple Watch to 50,000 employees and subsidize the cost for customers. Um, they're going to be offering monthly payroll deductions to cover the remaining cost. And they'll be getting them for no cost for all of their employees as a wellness reimbursement program to encourage them to live healthier lives. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it it definitely benefits them, but it's, you know, rising tide raises all health, you know? Right. But that's, you know, it's getting to the point where are you, you know, if, if you're a responsible employer and you're a big company and you can afford it, you know, then then this is the kind of thing that, hey, look, here's a gadget. But by the way, we're a health company. We're all focused on health. They're like, use this to get healthier. You know, Jim Dalrymple talked about how, you know, for people who haven't listened to the shows that we've done with him where he's talked about it, you know, he, he lost an incredible amount of weight. He looks like a different human being. Yeah. Walking around. Yeah. No, it's absolutely true. Um, and, it, you know, it's, I don't, uh, the, the point we're trying to make here, I think, is not about the, it's not necessarily about the use of electronics that, you know, or costly electronics of any kind to try and make a change. That's not really what I'm trying to say. I'm, that's kind of germane here because that's something that's been useful for me. But, um, but I mean, the, the patterns are there for any of this stuff. The, the kind of classic examples are, I mean, there's so many kinds of classic little life hacks that you could do. The, 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 the Uber classic is like, if you find yourself attracted to eating a certain kind of unhealthy food that makes you feel bad, stop buying it. Like don't have it in the house at the times when you're going to be likely to go and eat it. So if you find yourself right before bedtime eating a pint of ice cream, Merlin, like maybe stop buying that right. because the, the, um, the, we're kind of getting into the slow and fast thinking issues here, but the, the, the you who's doing the shopping is maybe, maybe all about the restraint or all about the feeling of plenty. But the you who's just like, you know, walking around the house, like some kind of half naked troglodyte trying to find something to stuff in your food hole. Like you're not going to be doing great high level thinking at that time. But so that, that's another one. There's all kinds of these. I mean, there's all kinds of these dumb things you've been reading about in magazines for 30 years. Like if you got to drive your car to the mall, go park far away from the entrance. You will have a quarter mile of extra walking between going and coming back. Like little things like that. Or one of my favorites from uh, back in the 43 folders days is if you want to get into a habit of walking more, build in some kind of ro- a reward. Hmm. Like you'll walk to this fancy coffee place or you'll buy a magazine or something like that. But I, I don't think it re- necessarily like requires technology, but I'm also thinking of things like, um, you know, uh, I think they were, I don't know if they were a sponsor on here, but automatic. We have an automatic in my wife's car, which is an app. It's a little dingus that you plug into the little diagnostic hole and it pulls down information on basically what, you know, where you in coupled with the app on the iPhone in a very canny way, it keeps track of like where you went. Uh, if you have the right kind of car, it'll tell you your gas mileage. Uh, it'll tell you if you did lots of, uh, driving over 70, if you did lots of hard braking, you know, there's all kinds of little ways that, that, that uh, and it'll tell you where your car is parked, which is kind of handy. Um, I mean, there's, there's plenty of infrastructure out there, but, yeah, I don't really, I'm not sure what my point is, but you know, I agree with you. The small changes can be such a huge thing. And it really just starts with realizing that things don't have to be impossible and that you don't have to see a giant change in order for it to be actually having some effect on you. It does take a while to get used to doing something differently. It's not always fun, but after a while, it's, it stops seeming weird. 
Yeah, it becomes part of your regular reality. Mm -hmm. Now, this is a related thing, a little bit related, but before I forget, I wanted to ask you, in a few episodes back, you were talking about how you have the the lights on the intelligent dimmer switch and you can hit the little, they came out with one where you hit a, a button on the thing and it'll dim it for you so you don't have to use your phone. Yeah. What is that thing called again? It's called the, uh, well, we're on the Philips Hue system and I think it's called the Philips Tap Switch. Tap Switch. All right. Oh, look it up. It's great. It's so great. And oh, okay, it's, here it is. Yes, that is exactly what it's called. And so you can get that and then you get like a starter kit as well. Yeah, yeah, they've got a starter kit, and it's it's kind of it's kind of hard to get into because you don't want to buy the wrong stuff. I know this isn't your favorite topic, but you know one this one bit because, of I've been researching this, and I I keep saying to myself, I got to ask Merlin what he has because my wife, I finally convinced her to let us do this because we have in our kitchen there is a an overhead light that's over the sink area which she you know she likes to use this thing in the morning when she's making the kids breakfast and like it winds up being but it's so bright and there's no way that it's not shining in your eyes and i hate it my daughter hates it and so i I, we had like a family meeting where we talked i you know we shared our grievances about it and and she said all right well i will turn it off whenever i'm not using it and she's like you know it we could just get a dimmer switch for it and turn turn it down. But the problem is, the way this is set up in the kitchen, have you ever seen in, I, I don't know when they stopped doing this, but our house is about 15 or 20 years old. It, there's a whole bunch of switches all together in, in one space. So that in one plaque, one wall plaque, you've got two different light switches and the disposal switch all in one strange configuration. Have you ever seen these? Oh, yeah. We've got one in our hallway. So it's the worst thing. But what that means is the only way to replace that with a real dimmer switch would be uh, to have, I mean, I could have John do it because he seems comfortable with electricity. I'm not. I would have to hire an electrician and they would have to cut a new hole and wire a different switch and do a whole bunch of different things. And I don't want to mess with that. So we've just been dealing with this light. But whenever she leaves it on, I'll take a picture of of it on. And I'll I'll send it to her as a text so that, you know, this light was blinding me when I walked into the kitchen. And and, and so finally I wore, I wore her down enough that she's now said, well, I would be open to trying one of these wireless dimmer switch things that, like you have. So that's my, this is my I, I sort be, of I, Trojan I, horse to get this thing into the house. I love this topic. And if you don't find it boring, I can totally tell you what I would do to set it up. Yeah. And exploring. She a just couple. doesn't want to have to use her phone to turn it on and off. If there's like a button she could hit, she's sold. Well, yeah. And so, I mean, there's there's a couple things. Maybe we should cut this off into a separate topic um, after you tell me about something you like. But I'll tell you two things about it that, that have been kind of game changing for us. Far and away, the biggest thing is the we have a tap switch in all the rooms that have these have a tap switch. Um, and then also something, there's a dimmer switch. There's a Philips Hue, like bespoke dimmer switch that you can get. Oh, and that, ooh, look at that. But it's, it's wireless. And it's, again, it's that same technology where it's, it's, it's charged kinetically by using it. So it doesn't need a battery. And basically it's a remote that slips into something that happens to be the shape of a light switch. So you can have it anywhere you want. And so that's so basically I'm looking at this. Okay, Philips Hue wireless dimmer. Yeah, let's 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 come back to it. But the, I'm going to tell you just as a teaser that the two big parts of this are 
Well, the hugest mitigating factor, there are two big mitigating factors against this. One is it is very costly. And the second, it is very fiddly to set up. Having done that, uh, it's been great for us. So the, the two things that helped a lot, uh, the one big thing, obviously, is having things like this tap switch where my wife doesn't even have the app on her phone. She doesn't need it. Right. She's, we've got this set up. But you know what the other one is? I is, like your screenshot, by the way. Thank you for sending So that's that. HomeKit. That's a HomeKit on um, iOS 10. And that's just one of the rooms. So you go and you take a picture of what you want in that room and then you can control these devices. You'll see, for example, we have hallway, hall mm-hmm. strip. Mm-hmm. You see that? Mm-hmm. That's actually just like a, what, what do you call that? Those little LEDs with the two prongs that you screw in, the little ones? You know oh, what I mean? Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. So, so Philips makes those. So had you ever thought of having a dimmer on an Ikea, like five... LED arm. Right. Like that sounds crazy. How would you do that? Well, you do that because they not only now, they have not only standard light socket um, bulbs, but they now also have those kinds of bulbs. So we put five of those in there. I made a group to make that all, you can do them separately, or in this case, I got them all grouped. So I can just click that button. It turns them all on or off. And you can then control the scene from there. So that's two. The, the the second thing that has helped is now there are different kinds of lights and more options. Look at that hue light strip. Look at that. Yeah. So I would I would be happy if that's not too boring. Wow, um, that thing is cool. Yeah. No, Plus, I don't think uh, it's too boring at all. I just I want to know what I need is like a basic like Philips Hue 101 because you again, don't, you don't think that's boring? No, it's not boring. I'll tell you why because there's so you could go so wrong with this stuff. That's the you choices You could go horribly wrong. And and I think we'd be doing a service to our listeners by kind of giving them a nice step in the right direction. I'm the kind of person who would like to do this on my phone because my phone is, I almost always have it around with me. Well, my wife, if I told her you need to use your phone to, oh, she, um, she's already out. She's out. And no, well, that's, that's, how, that's my, how it should be. That's, that, that's the difference between this being <laughs> a nerd thing and being a useful thing. And neither of my kids are walking around with a, a device on them unless they're, that's like the activity that they're doing. But, they would like to be able to adjust the light too. So that, that well, if we can set aside the horrible shame of this costing some money to do, I would be happy to do that. But uh, before you talk about something you like, I'll, I'll pivot off one last part of this. Right. I'm looking at the the thing I just added to notes, which is the kit that I would probably recommend for getting started. And you'll notice on the Amazon page, you have the option of saying, "Do you want standard packaging or, or do you want frustration free?" Yeah. Yeah. See, now that is a great everybody wins solution to an environmental and life problem. Like, oh my God, the difference between getting something with all the little wires and screws in it versus just getting a little tiny cardboard box, so much better. Helps everybody. And you aren't sending it to the landfill like an animal. Right. I would be happy to talk about that. First, would you like to tell me about something you like? I would love to tell you about a, a, you know, we've had a string of new sponsors recently. And uh, and we have another new one today, and it's an Austin company. I like this company. The, the name of the company is Cricket. C-R-I-Q-U-E-T. And I, I all, my, all, all my life, if you were to go back in time and look at pictures of me when I was a little kid, I, I almost always, my uniform, since I've been a kid all through adulthood, has usually been... In the warmer months, a polo style shirt, and then in colder months, a button front shirt. That's just, just maybe because I was like in school wearing uniforms as a kid. I don't know. But 
I've always been a fan of this kind of shirt. So when we found them as a sponsor, I was like, oh, okay, now here's one that I could definitely get into because it's hard to find a really nice polo shirt that's, the, that's I don't want to call it old-fashioned, but I don't like to use the term classic. retro. But classic, yeah. That's a, a classic great and very, very well-made. Very well-made. There's, uh, there's two guys here in, in Austin, Hobson and Billy. Well, I haven't had a chance to meet yet, but they invited me to come out to their their setup. They have a right down the street from here. And they're here in Austin. They said, you know what, we're going to find the perfect shirt. But they couldn't find one because they were, they were in prep school together. They had like shirts from their dads and their uncles and stuff like that. But they, they couldn't find anything that was like these classic style shirts that they grew up with or that their their parents did. So they said, you know what? We will, we will make the perfect shirt. They say it will be comfortable. It will look great on and off the course. If you're playing, uh, you know, if you're, you're, you're playing cricket, of course, if you're playing golf, whatever it is, it's going to, but it's going it, to, it's the kind of shirt you could just wear as a regular shirt. And it's going to be made out of materials that are comfortable, that wash well, that last well. And, uh, and that's it. So uh, they have made these shirts, which are kind of, um, like they're they're they describe them as like easy going, but it they do have that kind of a, an Austin spirit about them, and they're really really cool shirts. This is basically what they have done. They have created uh, a company to make these style shirts. They also do long sleeve shirts. They do. That's, I'm wearing one. I'm wearing one right now. Are you wearing? You wore it just for the show. I wear because I wear them. Uh, they sent me a couple of these, and I love them. And it's, so it's uh, how would you describe this? They're they're the styling on the one called the player's shirt. Right. It's kind of a classic polo style shirt, but with like a longer, like a four button, uh, right, right, front, and and a little button pocket. And they have collar stays. They have little collar stays. That in was them to keep them nice. It was so surprising to find that because I'm used to a collar stay in like a what you think of as like a dress shirt. But then, what are you supposed to do when you're wearing your your polo style shirt and the collar after you wash it a couple times? The collar starts curling up. You're now That's what like are you bacon. Do? Yeah, exactly. Well, like I'm a putz right walking now, around town wearing, with a curly shirt. What a putz! I'm wearing the long sleeve player shirt right now, and uh, it's got the collar stays. You know what else it has? I think these kinds of touches are thoughtful. It's got a little a little pen hole. In the uh, in the in the breast pocket. Yeah. So if you got a pen, we got a pen you want to stick in there. You can do that. I like I like little touches like that. I do too. And they they the the shirt is full of stuff like this. There's lots of different styles, and uh, and you know the the new the new they call it the new old school golf shirt. When you when I think of a golf shirt, especially when I was living in like Orlando where there it was all all golfing. I think of that strange material that's sort of shimmery and sort of you know you can imagine you're standing yeah. you're standing outside in in the hot Orlando sun it's 98 degrees you're on like the 7th hole and you're regretting this decision everything's sticky and gross and you kind of take imagine if you were with your hand if you're making an okay symbol just do that uh-huh. in, in your uh-huh. mind or in real life if you were just to take your forefinger and your thumb in kind of a, a pinch motion and you kind of pinch like above your pec below your your clavicle and just kind of pull pull, pull it out as so to allow some air to kind of circulate in there so that you're not just completely sticking to your shirt that's what i think of as a golf shirt these are not like that Oh no, totally. You're talking about like an idiocracy shirt. Yes. Not like that. <laughs> like those those shirts with the ads all over them. Yeah, that's the it's Costco nothing shirt. like that. It's nothing like that. The no, fabric no, feels comfortable. It fits well. It's it's not one of these like super tight shirts. You've got you've got room to breathe in it. Oh yeah, but but it's also it's nice because they're extremely comfortable, but it's also the kind of shirt where like I can put this on to go pick my kid up at school 
and I, I don't look like don't look like a monster. <laughs> you know what, cricket? You won't look like a monster. Yeah. Cricket. <laughs> they cricket, can the run. It's theirs to run with. Cricket. The cue is for quality. That's right. Cricket. They're just going to run with all of those. That's oh my a good, God, the cue is for quality. I like that one. Well, you can, that, if, if this is your first purchase, you'll get 20% off. You go to Cricket Shirts, and then again, C-R-I-Q-U-E-T, cricketshirts.com slash back to work. Just going there elevates the show to a whole, a whole new level. But then when you're ready to buy promo code back to work, all one word, you will get 20% off. Cricket with a Q, Cricket Shirts slash back to work. Go Thanks, check Cricket. Out. Thank you, buck, Cricket. Buck. They need to yeah. have, whenever you say their name, we have, need to have a little... Cricket, Cricket. Cricket, Cricket, little sound effect going. You know, if they want it, they can, they can just use me going Cricket, Cricket. So cricket, after, cricket. after our last show, mm-hmm. um, I, I went back and I, I made sure that I would record... I could record stuff again, like sound, sounds and things. If you, if you were to say, go to YouTube record you know oh i was listening to whoever on youtube i could then go to it and play it and it would be recorded and i wouldn't have to like go back later and capture it and re-record it like back to the old days so i have i've found while we were talking i found a cricket sound effect i oh, haven't nice. i haven't vetted this yet uh but i i'm gonna let it play it's pretty good cricket pretty good we're gonna have to run with that so if you need a shirt go check out cricket Cricket. Q is for quality. Q is for quality. But have you been watching any other videos you'd like for me to bring in? Oh, I just watch magic videos now. I just watch a lot of magic videos. Magic videos. Yeah. Yeah, I found another, a real, another Ricky J document, yet another Ricky J documentary that I watched the other night. Oh, yeah? Oh, my God. Can I do one piece of follow-up? Yeah. He's the one, he's the, oh, he's the classic guy you've seen in, he's been in TV shows. He's on Deadwood. Deadwood, he was in Deadwood. He's got, he's a little bit of a bigger guy. He usually he's wears in, a he's suit. In, he's got a beard. He's in Hard Eight. He's in, uh, he's in tons of movies with David Mamet. David Mamet uh, directed his not show. May? I don't know. Could, may, may, may be. Can I play a Ricky J video and people will know who he is by, by his voice? <laughs> I guess. He's shuffling a deck of cards. Oh, oh, oh! Is, is it on the little green table? Yes. Oh, this this magic trick is impossible. Does this he is, speak? This is like this ever? is the greatest magic trick ever. Does he ever speak? He, he does. He, is he opening the deck of cards with a pen knife? No, it's already open. He's just shuffling it over and over. Okay, but then he shows to... you the cards in order. Oh my god! Look at his card work. Oh no, it's insane. No, this is this is the effect where he shuffles and shuffles and shuffles. He pulls out five cards in a row, puts them aside, shuffles and shuffles and shuffles. Oh my God, look at this! Puts them back into the big spread in How different does he ways. Do that? Flips them, flips them out of the deck one at a time, makes them fly through the air, and then he shuffles, 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 shuffles. Here, here he comes. Uh, tonight I've chosen three topics for discussion. You seen this one? I don't know that one. I'll send you. Um, but that's his voice. If you hear his voice, oh, no, you'll know him. who he is. If you, um, this used to be on. There's a thing that used to be on Netflix. It's now available on iTunes, and you can sometimes find it find it other places. If you've ever heard the joke on Roderick on the Line, where we keep saying he can't get rid of those cards, that is a line from a, a Ricky J documentary called Deceptive Practice. Oh, really? 
where he talks about this guy named Cardini who keeps producing cards. That's, uh, that is a fantastic. Cause it's, it's about him and his history and his mentors and the people that he learned from, uh, also on YouTube free to watch. I would say maybe a good start if you got an hour is uh, Ricky Jay and his 52 assistants. And I think it's an HBO video <laughs> from 1996. And it's his live show directed by David Memame, uh, where he does some of the most astonishing effects you've ever seen. Ricky yeah. Jay and his 52 assistants. Yeah. Also, I will, I don't like to promote, but I will put the a link for the most recent episode of Reconcilable Differences where we talked about magic and superstition. Only because, well... Partly because uh, it's a great episode, but also there's tons of links. Episode 35, a lot of them are tricks. Uh, you'll find many links to the work of Ricky Jay and Apollo Robbins, The Wonderful Pickpocket, and uh, Penn and Teller. Some articles on magic. Um, are you a Penn and Teller fan? Yeah. Yeah. I enjoy the performances. Ricky Jay, to me, feels like a more pure... I mean, we'll go into this in the show, but it's what Syracuse refers to as the athleticism of the hands. Mm. Like what Ricky Jay does was like, I don't know. The guy just blows me away. Apollo Robbins, man. I mentioned him every episode now, but I find him utterly fascinating. Adding to notes. Last night, the uh, first uh, presidential debate was going to be on. And I looked at all the, the options I have for watching it. Yes, I this thought, is okay, in my, my list of things to talk to you about today. Did you, see, did you see my toot? I, I saw a couple of, oh. of them, yeah. Oh, dear. Well, uh, you know, I had backups. I said, okay, I found, I, I bookmarked uh, two different YouTube pages that would be streaming it. And I thought, okay, we could watch it on YouTube, on the Apple TV. The idea being we could watch it on the Apple TV. And I thought, okay, that's cool. I said, you know, ideally, I'd like to watch this on like C-SPAN or something like commentary free. Yeah. I thought, oh, wait a minute. I'm paying for Sling TV. I should avail myself of Sling TV. So I went to Sling TV. And uh, it, it, it didn't have our local PBS station. Uh, it did not have uh, C-SPAN. But it did have CNN. And I said to my daughter, I says to her, I says, hey, Let's be all the like all those other dinglings that watch CNN all the time because we don't watch CNN. Mm-hmm. Let's go turn on CNN and we'll watch the debates. Do 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 do. Nothing happens, and then I get the code ten four zero two. Your stream is something like you know your stream is not available right now. Aww. Oh, I thought. Oh, boom! We wanted to watch CNN, so then I went to someplace else. I went to like NBC. Do 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 do. 10-402. Your stream is not available right now. No channels. No channels. Terrible. There were no channels. And then I went on to, as you do, I went on Twitter to see if everybody else is mad. And um, yeah, I think they just had an outage, like right before the debate started. That's the worst. Who knows? Yeah, but I mean, you know, who knows why? It could be, uh, Syracuse says, could be internet weather. Who knows why? But like the first time I really turned to it, well, the first time I turned to it, to watch it was to watch the Emmys, which as I described, I couldn't do because I had not upgraded All to the right. ABC package. Second time I turned to it to really watch something was to watch the debates and uh, the service was not working. So frustrating. Yeah. I well, mean, on, my, on my list, I was, I was going to talk to you about it because I did see your, your one tweet about it. Uh, and Oh, about internet TV. That yeah. One? Yep. <laughs> yeah. And I, I was very interested in watching a course and 
we have our antenna here and I thought, okay, yeah, sure. You know, it won't have any commercial interruptions. We could just watch on the antenna. But I also was curious about what the streaming options were and I knew Twitter was going to be streaming it somehow. That's how I ended up watching it. I watched it on the Twitter app on Apple TV. That's how was how that? Watched it. Great. See, I didn't, I didn't wind up using that when I wound up using the ABC News app, which is different from the ABC app. Oh, so you don't need a login? You don't it? need a login or anything. And I don't know if it's all, if you can tune into the ABC News on networks all the time. Like if, if I were to put it on right now, would there just be a news program running? I think so. And I think that's because no one watches ABC or any of the regular news shows really anymore. So I guess they figure they can give them away for free, but ABC's regular news programming might cost money. But I found that one, NBC did an okay job, but what was really interesting about the ABC app on the Apple TV, and I think it might work the same way on iPad, but I'm not sure, is that it you could actually choose one of several different uh, essentially streams that were showing different, uh, d- different things. So you had hmm. you had one which was, I guess, you could call it the main stream, which showed you know whatever it was that was going out over the regular ABC television channel. Which uh, when uh, uh, Clinton would speak, they would show her. When Trump would speak, they would show him. Uh, you know, and they would if they were both speaking or whatever, it would show a split screen. That was one option. Then you had another option that was just Trump the whole time. You had another one that was just Clinton. Oh, how interesting. The Almost like those old DVDs where they had the, the fad of multi-angle shots. That's exactly right. what it was like. And then they had another that was always a split screen the whole time. And then they had another one that was like a commentary thing. But I, I, I found myself watching the main one or the split screen one. But it was just, it was really interesting. And then after it ended, each one of these channels, some of them went off, I guess, or I shouldn't call them channel streams, whatever, would turn off. But then there were a couple of different post shows where they had some discussion people, which was really awful and I couldn't watch it. Uh, but then they had like someone who was talking to like voters and it, it was it was just interesting that they were providing all of these streams and you could just you could hit uh, you could hit the play button and it would go and p- show you the one or you could move down to one of the other ones and hit that and then make it go full screen. But you could also watch them all at the same time. So it would show like one large and then it would show like five or six thumbnails underneath it at the bottom all updating in real time. I would just that's, thought it that's was a, really neat. It, I've never seen another app that did this. I think maybe the MLB app does this where it shows you like different scenes of the game at different times. But that is absolutely the future of live streaming of events. You know, it's, it was, it was really cool. And that's, that's how this stuff should be done. You know, I, I, I agree. And it's, uh, although I did not did not avail myself of it, there was an option, obviously, in the Twitter streaming app because I guess they're getting into NFL stuff. But mm-hmm. you could choose to like see tweets like scrolling down the screen on the right. There's those kinds of options. There's there's all kinds of ways that this can become great by like standout apps and services doing amazing things. It's just that right now it feels a little bit like the very first time you remember you're a little kid. The first time you arrive at a food court and you feel like oh my god. 
why did no one ever do this before? This is such a great idea. You can go here and like have any kind of food that you want. And maybe on some level, it almost feels like a smorgasbord. It almost feels like I could have any combination of all of these foods that I want and it's going to be great. The problem is that right now, it feels like it's a food court where everything is open at different hours and takes different kinds of money and may not even take your order because you don't already buy something else at the mall. Right. And it's hard to know, even if you gave me a grid with all the rules on it, I still would not be able to figure out what the F is going on, not just with Sling TV, because I, I I feel like I kind of threw them under the bus last time, and I I, I feel bad about that. It was my same beef with the, the PlayStation View, where it was like, it was sort of like I said last week, it was all the stuff you hate about your streaming, you know, Comcast box, except you're paying for it, you know, uh, as an, as a, you know, over-the-top service. So, yeah, I agree with you. There's a lot of ways this can become amazing. It's just, I don't know. I don't know. Um, this is not political. I'm going to send you an image. I just texted you an image. Did you get it? I think I have. You got many images of my HomeKit app. I showed this to my wife last night. <laughs> there are some people who have still not seen this. So it's just it's an image of two photographs of Donald Trump. Uh-huh. The image on the left is a standard picture of Donald Trump. The picture on the right has been lightly photoshopped to replace his eyes with pictures of his mouth. Oh my gosh. That's very subtle. I couldn't, I knew something was weird about it, but I couldn't figure out what it was. Really look at it though. And now you'll never unsee it. When he's up there scowling, it looks like he has three mouths. That's weird. Isn't that horrifying? I don't like that. Can't see it. And one other piece of That's so weird. Oh yeah. But it looks, it doesn't look, if you just look at the one on the right, it looks like a photo of him. Yeah, I didn't know this. I thought it was just, yeah, that's weird. One of the pieces, I feel like I have to say this, both in terms of it being a piece of good news and in terms of me admitting or realizing or confessing to what a dingling I am. I don't know why I feel the need to say this. I forgot I have Apple Care Plus on my wife's phone. Oh my God. The phone that got drowned. Seriously. Somebody on Twitter who I should find and thank said, hey, have you you know, taking this in and he sent me a link to this page where it's like what it costs to get a phone fixed, depending on various levels of coverage and what have you. Um, and, uh, I thought, you know what? I usually buy Apple care plus on expensive things. I forget. I'm pretty sure I did. I went to Gmail. Yes, I had bought it. Oh my God. You must've been so pissed (laughs) off. I called, I called, I got, I got, I, so you go and you say, do you Apple plus was the serial number? I did all of that. I said, okay, do you want us to call you? Yes, please. The nicest woman in the world calls me. She's very nice. She's very gregarious. And she's like, oh yeah, this should be no problem at all. Bring it in and we'll fix it. And if we can't fix it, we'll give you a new phone for $99. Wow. <laughs> she was like, is this your uh, second incident? I said, no, we've never had an incident. I have no incidences because I forgot that I had this. It did not even occur to me because you know why? Because I've got, I've got water damage on the brain. That whole idea that like, I've always heard that that's like the big, you know, right. man is like, you know, if anything has happened with water damage with your phone, you're a pariah. Apple will just laugh at you. And that was somewhere in my brain, I guess, incorrect information. But uh, I got an appointment tomorrow. Well, good for you. This is, this is big. Oh, it is big. It is big. She's, she's going to be, so she's going crazy with the, the little phone. Anyway, I wanted to say, uh, I'm dumb. I wanted to confess that. Uh, and I wanted to say, uh, you know, well, it's not done yet. I don't have it in hand yet, but, uh, that's a good thing. That made me very happy. Mm-hmm. That's all I have to say about that, that follow up. Yeah, don't and then say I have one, any, I have one last thing. 
I one last thing that is totally, totally unrelated, but it's such a great link. I felt like I had to share it. A uh, friend of the show, uh, Todd Vaziri, uh, the, third, uh, the third host on every show that I do, Todd posted a link yesterday that you will find in show notes. And it is on Imgur. Imgur? That site that's yeah. just pictures? I- I- Imgur. Go look at that link. I don't know who did this. It is 80 high-resolution movie posters for classic movies with no text on them. So I'm click, clicking. Look at that. The first one right now is my iPad lock screen. Oh, wow. Alien. Look at that. What Were these just scanned in? Look I don't that. know how, how they did it. Who did this? Look at the Apocalypse Now. Look at Brando. These are such great oh, lock wow. screens. If you're looking for a lock screen for your phone, these are so cool. How many of them are here? 80. Who's that one guy? Everybody's going to yell at me, but who's the guy that did all the classic movie posters? Uh, not Ralph McQuarrie, but he's that one guy that did all the Star Wars posters. Ollie Moss. The, is that right? The, the guy new did, guy? Like, the new guy that's no, doing the guy who did like Big oh, Trouble in Little ori- China. The original guy. I don't know. You know who I mean though. Now, I one. thought you meant the one who was coming back and doing like the retro ones. I, I don't know who you mean. Anyway, hey, check it out. It's in show notes. 80 high-res textless posters. It's movie posters without the text on them, and they make awesome lock screens. Look at this. You shouldn't, you shouldn't show me this stuff during the show. I'm going to be tuned out the rest of the show. You should see my alien. That's what she mm. said. Mm. Look at Dirty Harry. Mm. Oh, man. That one's amazing. He's good. Look at Brando squeezing the water on his head. It's crazy. What was that? 300... Get back to the future. <laughs> These are so good. Um, okay, wow. if it's not too boring, I would be happy to talk to you about Philip's Hue integration as a sane person. That would be uh, how to fantastic. how to sanely introduce this into your life. And we will put all of these into our look at the Godfather yeah. into our show notes, which can be found at five by five tv slash b as in movie posters. Two as in the number, W as in wallpaper, yep. slash 291. And if you, if you follow those Amazon links, uh, a small amount of those purchases will, uh, will go to 5x5. Five five. Yeah. It benefits, keep, benefits the network. Keep the, uh, keep the doors open another um, day. Look at, the, look at the Grand Budapest Hotel. Mm-hmm. My alien is nice. Uh, so where should, do you want to just, just go cut straight to the, uh, well, let me give you my parameters and, uh, because I feel like they're, they're share, you share them and I feel like they're, uh, they're, yeah, I will take notes. Tell me your parameters. They're probably similar to that of our listeners. And that is, we, we will forgo the part because I already know that it's not going to be that easy to set up. So let's, let's let that go. I'm, I'm happy to control it with my phone but my other family members either aren't willing to do that or don't have phones. So it has to be something that the features, not maybe not even the full feature functionality, but most of it, at the very least on and off, would have to be able to be controlled by some kind of push button switch device thing. And we're talking in particular, the, the, the case for deciding whether this is useful will be looking at your kitchen. The kitchen is the main one because we have regular bulbs that are in the ceiling and are it's, they like in cans? Yes. Okay. And it's the only way to have any light in the kitchen at all is with these cans. How many uh, are there? Well, the I have one problem light 
that is, so there's one problem like that I really want to do something about. If that if we can only fix that one problem, that's fine. But well, in total, I think there's probably four or five overhead lights in that space that is our kitchen slash uh, garage area entry area. Okay, are there any other sources of light besides the cans? Yes, there are. are they, yeah, like what? There are two or three lamps in the sort of con- connected family room as well. Okay, well, the one of the downsides of these is you know I like a real bright light. Like if I could have two hundred watt light bulbs everywhere without melting fixtures, I would do it. Because when I want bright light, I want really bright light. Yeah. One one downside of these is that they are not surpassingly bright as regards lumens. Like I would guess these are in the, I would peg them at around the equivalent of say a 60 watt bulb. Mm. So it's nice to have multiples of them. Um, and they are expensive, but, uh, that's why, that's why, uh, I don't like a big, I don't like too bright of a, of a, well, that's why I say like with all these together, you get two advantages. One is you do get more net lumens in the room. You get more light available, but you also get tons more possibilities for combinations. Cause remember all of these lights, each of these lights, if you get, if you get the set that I'm suggesting, you will have the ability to control the level of whiteness, but you know, basically what, what color of white you want or what color like like legitimate like on a color line like what color you want if you want purple lights you get purple lights and then how bright they are and those are all controlled separately so if you want to make it look it look like a virgin america flight you could have blue and purple and pink in the ones that you want it to be at the level that you want oh that's cool so so yeah so the the kit that i i think and i Okay, so let me get a couple things out of the way. One thing is that maybe the most important is make sure when you're getting a hub and bulbs, and if you get the starter kit that's in notes, you'll be good with this. Make sure they are second generation. Um, first generation Hue lights were okay, but they don't take advantage of tons of things that second generation can do. Um, we'll, we'll probably come back to this later, but once you have this set up, it integrates with HomeKit. It integrates with Siri. Mm-hmm integrates with Alexa and there are many, many apps uh, on iOS and other places for this. And as of the current uh, TV OS update, uh, your fourth generation Apple TV can actually act as a remote, what do you call it? It's not the hub, but it basically allows you to, to get to your stuff remotely and it becomes a controller for the house. And it's, it's really super cool because that all works with HomeKit now, which works through your TV. It can work through your TV or an iPad, but, but, Make sure you get second generation. And second, make sure you get, um, you don't want just the white ones. You want what's called the hue white and color ambience bulbs, which are the A19 style bulb. The one that's in notes, just follow the ones in notes. You'll be good to go. The one I put in notes is the 456210 hue white and color ambience starter kit, second generation. And so if you get that, you're going to get the hub and three of these bulbs, which is a pretty good place to start. So like you're in for 180 bucks. Try that. If, if you hate this, don't go any further. But you know, what you could do is just get that and it's half switch, which we'll talk about in a minute. But if you get that set, you'll be able to use your three good cans. Forget about your bad can. You got three lights in there. Right. You got the hub you set up. The hub, basically you just connect it to an ethernet connection and then it just runs through Wi-Fi throughout your house so you can get to it from everywhere and from outside your house if you set it up correctly. But I would say for you, try this to start and try it in your three good cans. Now, what, your, happen, what your happens? Your three healthy holes. <laughs> what happens if 
uh, if you turn off power to it from like the wall switch, because my kids are always running around hitting the wall switch. Uh, like, does part, it, obviously part, it will, the light will go off. I get part that. Part A is you no longer have a smart bulb. Right. And part B is wherever that happens. I also, I bought switch covers for every light, which might be kind of ugly for a pretty house like yours, but I bought those like baby proof ish covers that basically you unscrew the screws on your light switch and you put a cover over it mm-hmm. that usually it's covered on one side and the front and then one side is open so you can still get to it if you need to. Yes. But it serves as like an Uber reminder, like don't change this light bulb. And once you've got a task switch there, you're much less likely to hit those switches. But you you know, you know, could put a, put a piece of tape over it, but that's an easy, you don't even have to take the cover off. You don't have to take the cover off the light panel. You just take the screws out. You screw in this little thing on top of it. Is this making sense? No, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I use I put those in in another you can office. You buy a whole big box in. of them yeah. for for like I bought like twenty five of them for really cheap. But yeah, this will get you started. So you could try it in your three healthy holes. You set up the hub, and then I would also say you should also get a tap switch, which is kind of costly. But the tap switch is what's going to make this doable. We've had this now for a few months, and my whole family loves it. Um, my my. Sometimes when my daughter has a slip sleepover, they'll play with the iPhone app just because it's fun to make a disco. Mm-hmm. But like nobody has to touch an app anymore. I do the app thing to like do all the settings for it, but you no longer need an app to have lights. That's that's a huge development. And that next level, like I say, having the tap switch or the dimmer switch um, makes this much more doable. And also it's, there's something to this day, like I still do this twice or three times a day. I, I walk into a room or like say it's TV time and I'll say um, to my Amazon device, uh, yo, dingus, turn off the lounge lights. Roop theater lighting. Lights go down. That's all there is to it. And you name all of these in a way that's very sensible to you, to how you talk. And you can use Siri or Alexa to control your lights. Love sounds dumb, but it's actually, it's actually really useful. If I, I have... check in on my daughter and, you know, I check in on her like twice you know, after bedtime, she has the light on and the iPad on. Had the iPad do the little timer with music to shut it off. If I've been in there and she's still a little restless, I leave the light on. And sometimes I'll just say, you know, turn off the lights in her room. Right. And it does. I love that. I absolutely love that. We, there was so much, uh, we weren't really using the dot at home. And when we were using it, it was mainly just my two kids fighting over it and, and you know, you know, trying to be the one to get it to do things or who gets to say goodnight to it last or whatever. So just the other day I brought it in and I plugged it into my mixer here in the studio so that I can just talk to it right now and you'll, you'll hear it if I talk to it, but uh, you can't talk to it because there's no, I would have to broadcast your, there's no audio input into a, into an, Oh, you're talking about the big one. No, I've got the little one. Oh, so I can say like echo. What time is it? It's 2.07 p.m. Echo, turn off the lights in the bedroom, please. I couldn't find any smart devices <laughs> on your network and dance account. Okay. To use smart home features. First, Echo, stop. Me- yeah. And I yeah, renamed so, it to, to the other ones because I have two in here now. I've got the regular one. No, that's really one. smart. Well, you know, the new ones are going to take care of that. Are they really? Yeah, the new ones, there's new ones coming out where you can buy them in like six packs. And they have the ability to triangulate interpolate like which one you probably mean to be talking to um and that'll be in software too so you'll get it in all the current ones as well but see that that, that's but you're saying that's as easy as it is as i could just say turn on the light turn off the light my biggest problem is forgetting like you know what i called it 
Um, but yeah, no, it, it does work. But, you know, and that, that's a little bit of a parlor trick. But once you, it stops being a parlor trick when you remember to do it. And like, you know, the, the main thing with all of this voice junk is remembering what it can do. And, and being a dummy and an idiot and a dork and a loser to like talk into the air for a while yeah. and do it, keep doing it. Even while it's making you uncomfortable, eventually you will not be uncomfortable with it and it will be incredibly useful. I mean, just for yeah, shouting out stuff like reminders, shouting out things like, you know, uh, measurement conversions and stuff like that. It's, it's actually super handy. So, so the idea is you get this to start, you get this set it comes with three of these lights and I, I, I hope I explain this clearly. Don't get the wrong light. Don't get first generation things and don't get things that are just white unless you're sure that's what you want. With the white ones, you can change the temperature, but you can't really change the actual color. You know what I mean? Like you can get like a, there's like, what are the, the basic settings are like concentrate, reading, right, relax, right. Uh, things like that. And that just changes to different amounts of blue or, or red or whatever. And then, so once you, and then, so you get that all set up. It's not surpassingly hard to set up. It's mainly in tweaking the scenes. So you could go with some of their straight up scenes. Like you say, just this is relax. But for you to basically get in on the, on the ground floor of this, get this thing installed, put this in your, in your healthy holes, get that going. <laughs> and then, and then basically you're going to program your, your tap switch. And the tap switch, it's as simple as anytime you get a new device, it's going to be on the network. You hit the button on the hub while you're pairing it. And then, while well, it's nearby, and that pairs it. And now it's on Wi-Fi, so you can use it anywhere in the house. And so with the tap, you get these, what looks like three buttons, but it's actually four buttons. The big outside button I would use for off. And then the three little inside buttons, you can program to be whatever you want. So you might have one that is really light this place up, like we've got to go find a Lego, that setting. You could have one over here, which is kind of a more like relaxing setting. And this third at the bottom might be like the Virgin America setting because you want it to just be pretty. Now, you know, keep in mind also that like you, when you do that, so you'll see like in that text I sent you, you can see that, for example, in the lounge, uh -huh. you can see there's scenes. Those are scenes that I can just hit. You name those however you want. Um, if they're not <laughs> stock ones. <laughs> what, what, what is mad? Oh, my wife. Madeline. Oh, I thought it was like a state oh, of mind, you know, like I'm, I'm mad and I want to be in the lounge. So that, in that case, we've got a bloom light, which is bloom light, which is this light that just makes a big array of pretty hue light. That's like kind of like a, a diffuse kind of spotlight that you could use for kind of making a setting. Uh, then you got the light by her side of the couch. I'm reading these in order across. Lounge Merlin is my light by the couch. Um, mid is just the one that's over by the TV. The overhead light is one of those horrible overhead lights you never want to turn on. And then we have a strip. We, um, which is like a big LED strip of lights that we use for stuff. That's just kind of a pretty, like, again, a setting thing. And so you can turn them all on and off together. But the beauty part is when you create your scenes, like one of our best scenes is where it's a warm color that's okay bright, almost bright enough to read, but don't have the strip, don't have, so basically it's just the three lamps are on at a comfortable setting and everything else is off. You don't have the overhead light. So that can be part of a scene. Part of a scene, a scene is not just which lights, it's what the color is, what the brightness is, and whether it's on or off at all. So you can create a really nice setting. So like in your case, you could blast them all the way on with a horrible blue setting that illuminates the room in, you know, TV color. Or you could have it be, you know, very gentle right. and warm. And then you program that, you basically bind those to the different uh, buttons on the switch. 
If you get the dimmer switch instead, that's a different thing. That's the thing that's like a little candy bar. With that, it's really clever because basically if you hit the top button, it turns on whatever the last state of the lights was. Okay. If you hit it, you can hit it up to five times to cycle through five settings, a la having a tap switch. And then the dimmer operates on whatever the current state is. So if you're on your reading setting, you then dim based upon that. But it also, it's pretty handy though. It just cycles through to all your like, like four or five favorite settings. And so the dimmer switch, that, what kind of a range is it all Wi-Fi? So it has unlimited range. Yeah, that's the thing is you can use any of these anywhere. You might want to put anywhere. stickers on them if you have different ones. And the thing is, you, you, it comes with a wall mount. So you mount it on the wall, but then you just do like one eighth counterclockwise turn and the remote comes out of the mount and you could put it with your TV remote if you wanted oh, to. Handy. Yeah. But, you know, the thing is, you know, before you spend tons of money, just see if it works for you. So this set plus, you might want to try the dimmer switch. That sounds like the one that might be better for you. Just uh, give it a spin. I'm trying to remember if the dimmer switch has a battery or not. I know the tap switch doesn't. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. And now, I mean, and then once you're ready, if, you, if you're thinking it's okay and you're not hating it, see if the family can tolerate using that switch system. Then you can just, it's really easy to hook up with HomeKit. It's very easy to set up with Alexa. So you just go into um, Alexa, stop. <laughs> Alexa, stop. You can go into your Amazon voice product to get it going. And so there's an area in there called Smart Home or something like that. And that's where you go in and you can name them all however you want for your Amazon voice device. It's pretty cool. Smart Home. And you can also group them however you want, which is really cool. So I've got groups of stuff that are like my lights and my dehumidifier at the office. So those are all on Wemo, Belkin Wemo. And then at home, there's all these smart devices that are all the Hue things. You name them however you want. You can group them. So you could say, for example, you know, turn off the uh, track lights in the hallway. And if you've named that with that name, it'll turn it off. Also, then when this is really now we're getting a little bit down the rabbit hole here, but I also have it set so that if my Nest Cam on the front door sees activity, it turns on the porch light. So there's stuff like that. So even if I've turned off all of the lights in that area or that room, as it's called, you can have up to four rooms on a given hub. Um that light will still come on, but it won't turn on all the lights. It'll just turn on that one light. I think I did that with, forget what. Cause there's, but there's some neat skills. Once you're logged in, you can get into this little, little like beta channel. And there's all kinds of crazy stuff you can do. You can do all kinds of things with like sunrise and sunset. You can do, you know, all kinds of neat stuff. But that's maybe for further down the road. That's enough to get you started. Now, is there a way that you can do, so right now, if you were to start doing stuff on your phone and you're, at, you're in your personal private office, that's mm-hmm. going to, change everything at home it can yeah is and it, what's the limit on that this is just a setting or like if you wanted to turn on like let's say that you're so, like oh, oh sure i can do it let me try it just for fun yeah i'm curious because like i can see a, i can see a scenario where you're like oh i don't want the lights to be off at the house i didn't know we were gonna go out to dinner so you know i'm just gonna turn lights on make it look like people are home like well, could you do that kind of thing oh yeah so there's a screen inside the hue app on ios um, it's a whole big tab called routines. And so you can do routines. This is a little bit intermediate level, but if everybody has this app, it can do stuff like use a la the Nest Cam. It can use location awareness. So there can be certain kinds of things that it only does when you're at home or away. Or for example, when I arrive, if the, if, uh, oh, and by the way, they also have um, motion detectors coming in October, I think, that will do some of these oh, things. Oh, I like that. Things. 
Yeah. So like if it detects motion in the garage, do these things. So is, there, detects- is there, there, is there a cent there? It seems like there's some kind of a central little hub unit brain thing or are the, all of the lights. It's the hub. Yeah. And the so hub. You need the hub. Yeah. Well, see the hub, as it's set up, you can only do Phillips things in the house on the same network as the hub, but then you get a Phillips Hue account on the website and it enables it. Then you can have other devices use it while you're outside the home. And it's pretty, it's pretty dependable. But here under, under routines, you got home and away, you got wake up, you got go to sleep, you got, and then you got a whole area called my routines. So if there's certain things you always want to happen at a certain time of night, it can take care of that. But here's another neat one. I only use these when we're, you know, away from the house. I have one that turns the lights on in the combinations that I request at a certain time. It changes that to a dimmer setting at a certain time. And then it turns them off at a certain time. Do you follow? I do. So it goes from like, here's what an evening at a house looks like to here's what nighttime at a house looks like to like, yeah, I want those turned off at morning. And then you can have onesie twosies like, you know, like I say, when it detects motion with this thing, turn on this particular light. It's, it's a little bit of a blunt instrument, but you know, I, it's, it's enough to, to cover it. So, but it is nice though. So like if, you know, if we're away, we can watch the cat on the canary, see if everything's copacetic. Right. And then I just use the Hue app to say like, well, did, did the lights turn on? Yes, everything is fine. Oh, I, I like this. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's not essential, but I have to say like that, that transformation just on the basis of the tap switch and the dimmer switch, it really makes this something that isn't just a stupid nerd thing. And you have that. Have you talked about the canary all in one home security device? A little bit. I mean, it's it's pretty cool. It's just a it's a little camera you put somewhere. Do you have the, the black or the white one? <laughs> I'm not sure it matters, but I have the black one. Okay. And it has a super fish eye 1080p camera that basically looks at you know a wide range of an area, and it can let you know if it detects motion. It also looks at stuff like temperature, humidity, and air quality. Uh, and uh, it's mainly you know it's a little spy cam for your house, but it also then has the ability you can set off an alarm, for example. Canary is not super well connected with other things as well as the Nest Cam is. Um, but if you've just got like an area you want to keep an eye on, the Canary is a pretty good thing. You can also have the Canary do things like you can set different modes for what you want it to record and not. So the Canary turns off when any of us arrive at home, like all together, it shuts off. And you, you could, but for example, like if you like are watching for a possum or something, you can have it still work in infrared at night and like record when it sees motion. But I turn that off because that's creepy. I had a Nest security camera. And I thought it was, it was okay. It was it's right. come a long way. The, so one thing that's really nice is that the, over time, I, I don't know how they fed the algorithm. I'm, I'm not necessarily recommending you get a Nest cam because I don't have a lot of confidence in that company. One nice thing that Nest does now is if you subscribe to their Nest Aware service, it's gotten a lot better at detecting what's just motion versus what's a person. So if you're in away from the house mode, it can send you a push to say, we've seen a person in the area that you're watching. It's pretty, pretty good about it. Just making a little note. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of, uh, of, of Nest since they were acquired. And yeah. that's why I was curious when you talked about the Canary. It looks, it looks we bought it when it was We bought it when it was still drop cam. Yeah, that's what I had too. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. That's that's uh, that's a little experiment. The HomeKit integration stuff is nice. It's nice to see HomeKit finally coming around. It's you know it's weird because if you go to the HomeKit app I, of of the different things that we've got, the only thing that HomeKit 
gets is Philips Hue stuff. Mm-hmm. My understanding is that HomeKit is, it's quite a commitment to get that into hardware. It's not as simple as just, you know, flashing, you know, some new software. Right, sure. And it's causing with things like, I think, like I want to say with Canary, not Canary, what's it with? There was one. Well, you got to buy a new version in most cases. Maybe that's to offset the cost of development, but yeah. But, you know, HomeKit's, it's a, it's a neat thing. But you don't have to become like a total nerd to do this stuff. I'm giving you the nerd version here because if you're interested, it's good to know. But once it's all set up, you just use it and it's pretty normal. I think this is something we could do, especially when you, I was kind of sold when you said that you could take the little dimmer switch and put it like wherever you want and they could even remove it and use it with like, yes, that's, that's the thing. That's what we need. Huge help. Hey, uh, did you have one other thing? uh, Yeah, I did. Yeah. I do. I can tell you about uh, a, a little company called Smile. Smile. They make a wonderful product that I know Merlin loves probably even more than I do. It's called Text Expander. And it's a wonderful little tool. You install it and it allows you to type things much, much faster. And what I mean by that is, let's say the, per- the typical example is an email signature. If at the bottom of your email signature, maybe you don't want to have the same signature going out because sometimes it's business correspondence, sometimes it's for fun, sometimes it's for, for friends or family. You can create a different email signature inside of Text Expander and you can name them and it watches what you type. So that, for example, I like to use the semicolon. I might type semicolon sig1 or semicolon sig2 or something like that. And it will automatically change the semicolon sig1 into your full signature based on the one that you specified. Well, of course, it can do the same thing for email addresses. So you don't have to say, oh, please email me at... No, it just does that for you. You don't. You, it, it'll watch what you type, and it finds things that you type repeatedly, and it'll suggest that you make a uh, a snippet, and it can even auto make the snippet for you. A good example of that is after the second or third time that it sees you're typing the same phone number, it'll say, "You know what? You can save time." It'll have a little notification pop down, and it'll say, "You can save time by uh, creating a shortcut for this. And it'll even suggest the shortcut semicolon PH, for example, where you can have a homework, uh, a home phone number, a work phone number, whatever it is that you want to do. And it watches this. But there, it's not just short little snippets. You can have much, much longer things as, as long as you want. You can have a paragraph of information or multiple paragraphs of information, which is super useful if you're doing like tech support or you're sending outreach emails where you know that a certain part of the email is going to be the same or where you keep getting asked a similar question over and over. And you can go even a step further than that. And you can make these things that, that are, are like built-in forms so that if, if you're somebody's emailing uh, I got you, an example for that. Give me an example. When I do, um, I do the um, podcast sponsor reads for for two other shows that I do, and I there's a certain format I usually start and end them with. I don't know if it's it's good, useful, or otherwise, but I um, I, I do them do them the same way. Um, so, for example, like I say, I type S P O N S T A R T, and that pops up this little window. And I can see what the text is going to be that it fills in. It says this episode of, there's a drop down menu where I can select, is it reconcilable differences? Is it Roderick on the line? Is brought to you by, and then there's a field. Now, if I type into that field, Perfect. smile, yeah. that field is duplicated in the next line where it says, you can learn more about smile now by visiting. And then I type in the URL and bloop, it all goes in. 
So that's, you know, maybe that doesn't sound like a, like a huge thing, but I'll bet there's things like this in your life and you just don't know it that you could be saving time on. That saves me, that saves me a little bit of time, you know, uh, twice a week. Right. Those kinds of things are so handy. So I don't know if I'm putting that well, but imagine like an old school web form, except you get to design that. It is very fast and very agile. You make all those fields be exactly what you want. If you're doing customer support responses. So good for that. And, you know, 85% of what you say is within this one range. Like you could create a snippet that makes that so fast. They have a whole bunch of snippets that you can turn on that are built in and you can see what other people have created. One of the fun ones is there's an emoji uh, snip uh, set of snippets that they have, which are the same as like if you're used to spending a lot of time in Slack, that are essentially the same uh, as the ones in Slack. But of course, you can do it anywhere. So if you want to give somebody the thumbs up, you don't have to. You know, and you're not inside of an app that has. And and to be honest. I don't, I don't like to take my hands off the keyboard if I'm typing. So even if I am messaging with someone, I don't want to have to mouse over to the little, you know, the little smileys, uh, you know, avatar over on the right side of messages and then start scrolling through. Okay. Where's the little half moon thing or where's the little alien face? Where's the car? You can just type like, uh, and I think that I'm looking at their defaults now. You could just type a colon or, uh, yeah, colon car, close colon. And it'll substitute that as soon as it sees you type it for a car. You can do the same thing for pretty much every emoji that exists. It's really, really cool, really useful. The URLs is so handy. I even had one back when I was doing a lot of updates to uh, to like podcast method when I was people were asking, oh, you know, what, what's the thing? I said, well, you know what? Maybe I can make some of these links, Amazon affiliate links, if the thing I'm recommending is on Amazon. Well, I made a thing that, that will take whatever was in the clipboard. And, uh, and when you would type in, I think it was like, you know, semicolon A, A, L or something, it would take what was in the clipboard. It would, which I would highlight in the URL as the, um, the little code, the little Amazon code, and it would put it into an Amazon link that had my affiliate code in it. Like the things you do are unlimited. I, it's, it's amazing. You can in all kinds of date insertion in the format that you like. I mean, you name it. And you've talked about how you have it fixing spelling errors. It's, it's just super cool. And uh, people can go and check this thing out. You can try it free for 30 days by going to smilesoftware.com slash B2W. Again, smilesoftware.com slash B2W. Go check it out. We appreciate their support, and uh, it's a wonderful app, so go check it out. Thanks, Smile. Text Expander. Woo. Who knew? No, who knew? Who knew? I'm losing my voice. <clears throat> Three healthy holes. Yeah. You going to do this? You going to try it? I am going to order it as soon as we hang up. I'm not. I'm on the fence about the canary because that's. Oh no, no, you don't need that. No, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. Just start. I start. No, no. I think it'd be kind of cool to spy on people. My own house. It is. Yeah, it's nice. You know, I mean, like we might have to get a cat to say that I wanted to watch the cat when really I just want to make sure that you know nobody's leaving a drink on the coffee table. You know, and the, pers- the pers- perspiration killing. You know, everyone yeah. denies it when they do it, and I, I know who it is. Mm-hmm. Now I just get a record of it. But I definitely am going to get, at the very least, the I'm looking in, in our notes now, I'm the very least the basic setup that you recommend and, and the, the dimmer switch. But it's really, I just want to warn people, if you veer off of Merlin's suggestions, 
I think it will get kind of confusing because there are so many different options, different things that are that are included. Like you can get a bulb, you can get a bulb with a with a pack. You can, I mean, it's just it's very. It's very it's very confusing and and it's not at all obvious which is which is the right one. Their site is okay, but but a little bit confusing. But I can stand by this recommendation here. It is the latest version. It is frustration free, at least in the one that I'm looking at. Yeah. And uh, and you know before, like I say, I, I just can't say this enough. Before you go deeper than you need to, make sure it's something that you want to do and will work for you. That's a cautionary tale. Philips Hue dimmer. Yeah, see the, the, the dimmer switch by itself. You can get that. You can get you can get the dimmer switch by itself. There's also a dimmer kit which has a bulb. I probably would have got that one. Yeah, you know because I didn't know that there was this other kit that I had, to, and it doesn't tell you. Oh, you need to have the. the what's the wait? Did you already explain what the bridge was? And I just missed you saying it. I was probably calling it a hub, but yeah, the bridge is the thing that's okay. the brains of it. Okay, okay, okay. That, that's you were calling it the hub. It's called a bridge, and it it it's the thing that looks like a square with a little circle in the middle of it. Yeah, it's got a button. Yeah. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. It's pretty easy to set up. Well, pretty easy to set up. It's pretty easy to like get it running, but then it's it's like you know like uh, it's like configuring Emacs. I mean, you could you could spend forever on this thing. <laughs> But for basic, if all you want is basic functionality, like dim the light and brighten the light, that's straightforward enough? Yeah, I think so. Okay. I mean, you know, it's it's kind of hard not to fiddle with these things, but like I would say like get it set up and then just go look at the the like four basic scenes, mm-hmm. get a feel for how those are different. Look at some of the funny ones, look at like whatever it's called, Arctic Blossom or whatever. Look at some of the crazy ones it'll do for you. But like, yeah, the first thing I get it set up, but then the next thing I do get the, get the dimmer thing set up and just start with some settings that uh, are like the really obvious ones that ship with it. And then over time you can change that and you just save that as a new setting and then, you know, bind that to a given button 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 and so you'll experiment with that that's fun yeah i'm gonna have that i'll have that by next week's show exciting are you getting any of these drones i keep seeing about no i don't like drones Hmm. freaks me out not like creepy the bombing kind but just like a regular like a nice one and a helpful one yeah i don't know that's that's a bridge too far for me right now I think it'd be fun with the idea you have a little drone flying a drone around San Francisco. Yeah, Adam had one of those. It was really weird. It would take your picture. Did he use it? Like, did he keep it or was it for some thing he was doing? I don't know. I don't like having my picture taken. That's how they get you. Like mm-hmm. they steal your soul or what? Mm-hmm. Can't get into it. No. No, it was cool. It was cool. It was like the, it goes up in the air, takes your picture, comes back down. I'd probably wreck mine. I'm a wrecker. Ah. <sighs> Anything else in notes, movie posters, Sling TV, iPhone? I think that's it. And then we, you know, we may have more to talk about next time. I, I, I feel bad if this was really boring to people who are not not into this stuff. This is what people want. Well, you know, it's, it's, if you're not in the system, it's, you know, kind of boring, but, but yeah, there's still a long way to go with this stuff, but it does some pretty neat things right now. And then, you know, once you've got it set up, we can talk more about ways to trick it out a little bit. I can't wait to do this. Yeah, it sounds great. Yeah. All right. Well, let's button this up. All right. Love you. Love you too, Merlin Man.